The greatness of a community is most accurately measured by the compassionate actions of its leaders, members, and contributors. Every week, your host, CEO of Two Small Men with Big Hearts, Stu Starkey, shines the light on a community to raise awareness of their leaders, members, and contributors. So together, we can create positive impact, inspire change, and help those in need of assistance at a grassroots level. Welcome to the community of Big Hearts. What's going on, everybody? Producer Ryan here for the Community of Big Hearts podcast. I hope you're all having a great week. This week, we're doing something a little bit different. Instead of having Stu Starkey, of course, the host of the CBH podcast, on the show doing an interview, I invited Stu onto my show, Brain Jiu-Jitsu, one of my many shows, a part of the Resilience Prescription. And on that show, he talked with the Brain Jiu-Jitsu crew all about the importance of community. And he challenged each of us to think deeper about how we can contribute to our communities. In any case, without further ado, here is Stu on Brain Jiu-Jitsu as part of the Resilience Prescription on today's episode of The Community of Big Hearts. All right, so I want to crack into this one, but Stu is here and he's got something he's always very passionate about that um, him and I talk about a lot. And it's this idea of community. We kind of talked about that, I think, last episode or two episodes ago, two episodes ago. Where I was talking about purpose and saying that when you have completely filled your cup, then you want to give to others. So when you have focused on building the best life you possibly can, at that point, that's when you can start to focus on like giving to others. Because my cup is full, so I'm going to help fill up other cups. Stu is very much focused on community and bringing community to the forefront. Because as we talked about, we all are kind of like lone wolves these days and we're kind of becoming more independent. He's going the complete opposite way and believes that we need to be investing more in community. So, man, I'll just uh, let you take it away instead of me talking for you. Thanks. Um, <laughs> appreciate you guys allowing me to talk about a topic that's near and dear to my heart. Um, so, I started working on uh, this a couple years ago. Uh, sat down and really trying to figure out how to get myself motivated at work. Um, we had started to achieve our numbers and everything was going real good. Um, but I found myself not waking up in the morning with the same vim and vigor that uh, I used to. So um, after taking a look at my life and, and what we're doing in work, what I found was in both areas, giving back, helping others, was what really got me motivated uh, during the day um, to put those long hours in and be energized like I used to be. Um, so we started to make more initiatives at work. Um, that helped with the community, with helped uh, giving our services to the community. And uh, so, long story short, we've created our own program and, and a podcast through Ryan, Ryan's help, Community of Big Hearts. And what we're trying to do is not just do it ourselves. We realize we can have impact on ourselves, but when we really make change is inspiring others to give back. So what I want to ask you guys today is, like, what what are you guys doing in your community to help others? And this isn't like a challenge to anybody, and if you're not doing it, it's all good. What I want to get out of the conversation is, what are you doing? What made you choose to do that? Or if you didn't, like, what's the obstacle? What went through, like, did you even have a mental process to decide, hey, I'm not going to, or you just never thought to? Because we're trying to play out ways to figure out how to reduce those obstacles. We're right now like we're building an app to try and help mm. volunteering in our communities. 
Um, so removing some of those obstacles that people find that they've had to volunteer. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know what the process is, but conversation. We would man. love to hear you know what you guys all those questions. You know, it's funny. One of the first things when it comes to community that I've always done, it's it hasn't been for people, but it's been for animals, right? Like dogs and cats, and maybe this is where I don't know if it's. I don't know. It's just who I am. I always say that I will always give more of my time and my money, my resources to animals before I do people. I love animals, like as you know, right? Um, as you all know, I love animals so much. So anytime that I have an opportunity to give my time, give my resources, make connections, it's always for animals. So every year around Christmas time, I have a partnership with Best West Pet Foods and I will they, they will give me a pallet of kitty litter and I will grab that kitty litter and I will go and donate it to all the like, the really like, uh, not not poor animal shelters, but the animal shelters like don't get a lot of donations, right? My my monthly like community donations comes from from me goes to the again lesser funded uh, areas in the community um, that are shelters for dogs and cats, and to me like that's that's always what I'm passionate about. And when I give to my community, that's essentially where I want to play for like the rest of my life. Like why I do what I do right now is to continue to accumulate um, resources, make connections to help these shelters. And the shelter where I got Roxy from, my dog, they have they get so much of my time and so much of my resources because of that, because I just, I love it so much. So you talk about community, it's usually not much to do with people, man, but it's the dogs, but here's the cool thing is that those dogs and cats do go to people, right? So if I can support these places to keep them open, they're all no-kill animal shelters. So if I can keep them open, then you know they can help somebody else one day by giving them like you know their forever pet kind of thing. So do that's where where I do it. Do they make it pretty easy on you to spend your time or resources? So them? easy, man. Yeah. They they don't they don't ask anything of you, right? They don't ask anything. Like to them, it's just they're so gracious if they get anything, um, whether it's money, cat litter, dog food, newspapers. Here's the craziest thing, right? Newspapers. They put out a, a call on social media one day. They're just like, we're running out of newspapers. We have a whole bunch of cats. I went to newspapers. They're like pooing and peeing everywhere and at, like puppies and everything. What do we do? And I'm like, what are you guys doing? Go to like the Winnipeg Sun, Winnipeg Free Press. They just don't think that way. They're like, well, what do we do? Who do we talk to? I'm like, I'll get on the phone. I go on the phone with the big free press. I'm like, hey, I'm like, the shelter over here, uh, Winnipeg No Kill Animal Shelter, they need a whole bunch of newspapers. I'm like, come on down. Like, you got a truck? I'm like, I will get a truck. Go down there, got a truck, and they have pallets, pallets of paper just like stacked up that they're going to recycle, and they're just like, Take what you need. And I'm like, why is this a problem? It's not a problem. That's, that's just it. Like, that's it. If we connect everybody who wants to help people, who are passionate about a cause, who have resources or a skill to, to dedicate, we would eradicate almost all the problems that we would have in this city. Right. It's just like solving those silly little problems, like who's got a truck and who's got leftover newspaper to totally. solve this problem that ends. That took like you four seconds of thought and probably no two minutes of uh, uh, phone calls. And now they never have to have an ask. Now they never ask for newspapers again because right. they're just like, oh, well, now we just have a partnership with these guys. And what do they do? They just put on their website, like, thank you to the Winnipeg Free Press for your donation. Winnipeg Free Press is happy. They're happy. Done. But they've never thought about that, right? And that's, that, that's the cool thing with what you're talking about is that sometimes it doesn't take much. It was my <laughs> services and understanding just how to, like, barter and communicate and negotiate and negotiate, like, like negotiate. I asked them and they said yes. You know, like well, they just love to get rid of this newspaper. One hundred percent. They're just like, yeah, for sure. Even Best West Pet Foods. They're just like, yeah, we have a whole bunch of cat litter. Give it away. 
And to them, it was like, it's nothing. It's sand. Like, it costs, like, the margin on that's, like, nothing. Like, it costs us nothing to get that. Like, like oh, the margin on it's huge, I mean, sorry. Right. But it's, like, for us to have it, like, the cost of it, it's, like, nothing. It's, like, sand. So just, like, no problem donating it. So I love what you say. It's always, like, what are you good at? And donate that to the community, right? Like, what are you good at? What are you passionate about? Like, what can you do to give back? Um, I'm going to give two examples. One... I definitely get that sense of uh, reward and something out of it from another that I don't and follow that up with a question for you. So the first one that I'm quote unquote passionate about and I get, I definitely get a lot from is at my place of business. We have a, a team of volunteers um, called the Critical Incident Stress Management. So SISM, they call it. So that is anytime something um, potentially um, catastrophic not even necessarily catastrophic happens so it could be in a person's individual life um, eventually or sorry over time the definition is kind of expanded to include things like large-scale disasters when they had the fires in Fort Mac a team would fly out there when the shooter was on the loose in Moncton it affects both the people directly at my work maybe the families <coughs> outside maybe the community at large so anywhere that we see that we can contribute something uniquely we will respond um, it's very ingrained in the culture of my work where if something happens, people know to expect a call. It's part of the process that the company goes through. Um, and the reason why I love that particular one is I find I'm talking to a lot of people who maybe don't have another person who speaks the language that we speak at work to talk to, whether it's their spouse or kids or friends outside of work. It's hard sometimes, and I know even with myself, when I leave work, if I've had a tough day sometimes, it's way harder to explain why my day was harder than to just be like, yeah, it was just a rough day just leave it at that, bottle it up. Bottle it up. Um, not only that, but I've had some exchanges where I really didn't expect the person to either need or want to talk that has like really opened up and they've come and thanked me after because of the impact that I've had or they'd call me when they're like, no, I'm good. They would call me the next night and be like, you know what, I think I do need to chat or whatever. And the fact that they reached out to me made me feel like well, this is an area that I can uniquely contribute here. So that's that I realize is one thing that I'm really um, that really attracts me to helping in that capacity is being uniquely capable of helping there. Right. Um, so that's where one that I'm one way of giving one community that I'm focused on giving in that I'm passionate about. The other is financially. So I've done the charities thing in the past, and I still do. The one that I focus on right now is the Canadian Red Cross, partly because I looked at like. Money Sense ranks the top 100 charities every year. They do on like overhead, but the CEOs are paid and all that sort of thing. They come up with scores on it. And I followed that for a while, but then I was realizing, you know what, I do want to help like in a humanitarian effort in a lot of ways. When there's hurricanes and whatever, it seems like hmm. the, Red, the Canadian Red Cross is always on site. They get a high rating. It seems like they get high praise. They're, they're really uh, people who work for the Canadian Red Cross seem to have high job satisfaction. So that leads me to trust them a bit. But, I don't know them from a hole in the wall. And what's led me away from charities in the past is all these horror stories of like, every dollar that you contribute, something like $10 gets to where you want it to go to support the cause or something like that, right? Yeah, so yeah. I'm so much more into helping directly, like we talk about giving food directly to people on the streets or whatever it is. I want to see the impact of what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. I would rather 100% of my efforts and time or, I mean, obviously it's not gonna be money. I think everyone should mm -hmm. be compensated for work. And if they have, if you want to attract people to nonprofits and you're going to compete with the private sector, you have to pay them well. That's fine, right? I want them to attract the talent. But you just want to know that your dollars are making a difference. So I contribute less to charity now than I have in the past. 
and more to things like the SISM team that I was explaining um, earlier, just because I see the impact. Like it's at arm's reach. Mm -hmm. I want to be uniquely capable of making an impact there and I want to see the impact of my efforts. So those are the two areas that I'm focused on. Um, the question I have for you, how do you resolve that? First I want to say that's beautiful and you, you gave me some, some good ammo uh, and uh, fuel to keep moving forward on okay. our app that we're building. Okay. But you're talking about being involved in doing something and helping others isn't just helping others, it's helping you as well. It's this community effect that Ron and I talk about. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. So Well that's the thing. That's that's what I was like it's a volunteer position, but I get more out of that than the dollars that I get compensated for doing my actual job. Right. I would much rather spend an hour with a person helping them in a crisis than 10 hours being paid to do my actual job because yeah, it's so much amazing. more rewarding, right? Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily get that from the charity app, the charity side, so my question was gonna be, how do you, like what Ryan is saying, uh, it's a very simple and elegant solution to the newspaper thing that you came up with, but it, it's thinking out of the box and it's almost serendipity that you were the person in that position, exposed to that information and connecting those dots. How do you do that? Like how does the average person find that way that they can contribute uniquely with all of these options out there, whether it be charity or whatever the case might be. Like some people, I think a lot of people would be more inclined to give if they could see the avenues, maybe like I was talking about where it's like they can uniquely make an impact. And I don't know, I guess the ball has to start rolling for them to feel what we're talking about, but. Yeah, great question. I'm excited to answer it. Um, because how, like what we started doing in our podcast, <coughs> we interview, um, an organization, charity, or business leader, and we would uh, find out what the problem is, um, or, or the problem they're solving, and then we wouldn't want to just have a conversation about it, we want to do something about it. So I realized, like, like I'm kind of uniquely positioned to be a problem solver, that's what I do in my job, and um, I think I'm pretty good at it, and so we ended up, like, doing these kind of things that Ryan was doing, making one-on-one -on -one make three. Um, where we helped out an organization um, with an interest-free loan so they could provide these um, AED devices. Mm -hmm. And in exchange for the interest-free part of it, they had to provide these psychological uh, first aid courses for free to Bear Clan, um, which um, provides, as you guys probably know, like mm -hmm. safety services around the city. Uh, <coughs> and, and so combining these different things which it ends up costing me nothing other than a little bit of money out for a few months and then it comes back and a ton of people are being helped. The, to answer your question is like, I think we all have to identify what our unique skill sets are and then try and apply those to the areas that will best need them. So that's like, that's step number one. Like we have to identify that. But what I want to do with an app is then accumulate a bunch of charities. Um, and then have a description of what those charities' purpose is, and then what you'd be doing when you're volunteering to help those charities. Then you got a, a, so that's on one side. The other side, you have a set of volunteers who are then aligning themselves with the purpose and the skill sets needed and the time commitment needed. And then we start marrying those two together, kind of like service. A, yeah, two-sided yeah. marketplace for uh, charity and volunteers. Very cool. That's awesome. I think Sign the, me up. Right? Awesome, I think the, the big thing here, too, to answer your question, is I think once you start being curious, like, 
serendipity does happen, right? Like you're, you're gonna be in the right time, the right place. And to say that I was very lucky that, that I had, I was privy to that conversation, I was there and I knew exactly how to have a, a, a solution to it. I think the first thing is just like, get involved in whatever you possibly can. That's point. I wasn't and focused like, on you being lucky, I was more focused on them being lucky that sure. they had you. For sure, who made that connection? But for sure, very good point. I just think that some just get involved and get involved. And if you care enough, like you will be in the right time, the right place. You might talk to somebody. They might ask you say, ask a simple question like, "What do you need help with today?" <laughs> something might spark. Something might not. Doesn't matter, right? But I think the first thing is just like be interested. Like figure out first off, because today we're so focused on ourselves. We're focused on like what we're doing today, what we're eating, like my social media game, like all this stuff. And it's just so much stuff. It's just a lot of it's shallow. But when you give back, man, does that make you feel good? As something as simple as like going out and buying a whole bunch of toques and mitts and giving it to like people outside the homeless shelter and giving them that, it makes you feel good. That's the best. That's the best. Those are the opportunities. This is what I mean, though. This is like, and we've talked about this before. I'm like, even though as short as I am on time, once I've accumulated a certain amount of like material wealth, I'm like, I just, I I don't need much more of that. I just Mm. want to give more. I want to give more now, you know. So I. I have that that need that drive, but then sometimes when I start looking at like charities and things like that, I'm like just totally. get par- paralysis by analysis, and then I go back wow. to what I know. It's like one on one. How can I make a difference to the people in my life? And again, then my circle starts to shrink. But you, you know, know what's what I mean? crazy? Yeah, totally. But you know what's crazy too? Is there's like, so much. There's so many charities out there that are so like small. So we all think of like the big ones, yeah. right? Not yeah. the name them, but we think of the sure. big ones, right? Like Red Cross and what have you, um, or maybe more that that are local, but. I found the reason why I got interested is because I, when I went and talked to these, like, it just, again, just so happened. I was looking for, like, a shepherd, and I found it at this, like, no-kill animal shelter. I had no idea where the hell this place was. Small little place. And I'm like, wow, like, how, how do you guys run this place? She goes, oh, it's just me and donations. I'm like, well, how many donations? She goes, she goes not a lot. And I could say, I'm like, so why do, you, why do you do this? She goes, I do for the animals. And I'm like, and I look at some of the cats in there, and the cats have been there for, like, a year. And I'm like, whoa. And I'm like, they've been here for a year. She goes, yep. I'm like, what would help? She goes, marketing. I'm like, well, marketing would help. Hey, I'm like, well, you ever think, like, we got the Jets. Why don't you just name some of these dogs and cats after Jets players and throw it online? She's like, I never thought about that. So they start naming their dogs, like, Bufflin and <laughs> Little and Lad, right? And all of a sudden, they started getting a whole bunch of people. Then the Jets come over there, and it's just like, like, they just don't know because they're so passionate by their drive to, like, take care of animals, they don't think outside the box. That's awesome. Right? So then, man, like, you got to talk about what you're doing now because that's huge. Yeah, yeah. Like, Stu, you got to hear about this, man. It's cool. So, I, uh, these guys are probably sick of hearing Tired of it. I don't want to hear it anymore. I, 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 I'm going to sip on my DJ 70 while you yeah, talk. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, so I, uh, I started a little project. I, uh... A lot of times I'll, I'll hear a lot of the nurses and doctors and they're complaining in the city about how bad the medical system has been getting and how they're overworked and things aren't working out and this and that. And, you know, I start quoting different studies about this and that and how maybe this is improved but that's not. And <clears throat> at one point I stopped and I said, well, listen, has anyone ever asked you specifically, I'm talking to the nurse or doctor, your opinion on, on how things can get better? If the PC government here is trying to save money, do you have some ideas on how they could save money other than personnel to make your life and your job a little easier? Do you have some ideas on how they can restructure things so that we can have a better quality of care, better uh, quality of life for you as the employee and, and for the patient? And, and their unanimous answer was no. No one's ever come and asked us our opinion. So that's where I <clears throat> decided to kind of use some of the skills that I've developed. I have a computer science degree from, from U of M. And I, I said to myself, well, listen, 
I'm going to make a website called sustainablehealthcare.ca. I'm going to set up set up a kind of a survey. I'm going to kind of try and market it to the nurses and doctors in there. And it's all the questions are designed around trying to get these guys to kind of volunteer how they can make the system better, how how they can do and just you know the mission statement's all there if you go to sustainablehealthcare.ca, but it's just it's all there on on how to make the system better how to make their quality of life better, and how to make it a better experience for the patient. Mm -hmm. And um, and yeah, so that's been up for about a month. Um, actually, to be honest, today I was doing some work on the server, so if you go there right now, it won't be, it won't be up. <laughs> <laughs> it was there yesterday, and it'll be there tomorrow. But, uh, but it was verified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> it'll be there tomorrow if you go. By the time this airs, it'll be. Yeah, it's yeah. just it's just a, it'll, it'll this guy's just plug in this yeah. community. This is a redirect to his yeah. website for a speaker. Yeah, it's, 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 it's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. The loudfactory.ca. Yeah, right. You know, I clicked but, the link and it took me to the speaker. Yeah, I can't understand. <laughs> it's just short term guys. <laughs> but yeah, so that's 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 what I'm kind of trying to do right now to kind of get that. And then once I have a certain amount of results. I'm going to review it with a, uh, a bunch of members within the community, like doctors and nurses, volunteers, to kind of see what's a feasible idea and what's not. And then I'm going to kind of do like a deep dive analysis on how much money this might save, what it would take to implement it, that so forth, and spend some time doing that. And then once I have some deliverables, then I'm going to go to the, to the government and say, listen, this is the ideas that your workforce that's complaining out the wazoo have to save you money, to make their job quality better, and to make the patient happier, it's gonna save you X number of dollars, it's gonna take this to implement, here you go, and it's free. I won't charge a dollar for it, it's just, there it is, here you go, and just, I hope they use it, but if they don't, at least I could sleep at night knowing that you tried, tried. I'm going to every news outlet and... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah. If it's something you're passionate about, push, man. Yeah, well... That's awesome. I mean, it's just, you know, like, you want good healthcare in your community, in your cities, right? And, and you want to take care of the people that are delivering it, too. And, yeah, that just spoke to me, man. I don't know. I think the cool story about that whole oh, thing yeah. was just that you heard so many people just bitching and complaining, and you're like, man, I can't take this anymore. You know, and you did something about it. Now, that's what we talk about all the time, where you have the leaders, the members, and the contributors. So he was a that's member a that became a leader, right? And that's what it all comes down to. Because we always say the members are sitting on the fence, mm -hmm. right? The contributors find a way to contribute to another charity, whether it be through donations, through their time, through their services. And then you have leaders who start something, who create a movement, who drive change, right? And that's where Sean, I'm like, man, like guy just became a community leader by taking charge, seeing a problem and saying, I have the skills to address this, I gotta do something about it. And that's how all this stuff starts. You know, so that's why I was so passionate about our idea. When we started talking about the idea for the community of big hearts, I was like, man, like, when I talk to these guys, even Rico, like I wish Rico would be here, man, because he'd have a great story to tell about like what he's doing in the community, but he himself is a leader. When you see a problem, you take action with the best of your ability and you try to drive change, you're a community leader, man. And you're driving change, no matter how big or how small. It's, it's, it's the first step. And who knows where it leads you, man? Who knows? This one's so funny. It's because it's, um, I think being a leader is, is all about like seeing a problem, 
understanding that there's a potential solution here and have the confidence to just try it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's yeah. the worst thing that happened? You spent a bit of time, so you it. felt good about trying, and you learn. Yeah. And, and it doesn't matter what the result is. It, the result is something that could be great, but but all those other things before it is going to be good no matter what because you put some time into it. Yeah, so good for you having the confidence to try something big like this. This could be huge for, for Manitobans. It'd be awesome. Yeah, if it all worked out, it'd be great. I just need more people to go to sustainablehealthcare.ca. <laughs> have you and thought about those papers? I mean, obviously you thought about it. I, uh, so I have some ends in CJOB, I think would probably hear me out. I could probably go to some radio stuff you've offered to do to get me into some places. Totally, but just time-wise right now, it's kind of constrictive, so I just gonna have to like, when I start running with it, I'm gonna have to really start it's running patience, with it. Though. So I'm just yeah. kind of just biding my time till I'm like, okay, like maybe now would be the good time to just kind of like spend two, three months and just go ham on this and see what I can get done. But I just, I can't give as much time as I want right. to right now. Yeah. So I just figure like, okay, let me just kind of like collect as much info as I can, maybe push it without kind of pushing it, pushing it. And We're almost then, built in a night, man. That's We're right. Built so, in night so we'll see, time. so we'll see. Like, I might, I might be able to help a little bit on, on both sides there, so I, I think I can get some people to go on there and get some feedback, and also nice. I know some doctors and nurses who can vet that stuff. Perfect. Yeah. yeah. Let's do this. That's yeah, cool, man. I love it. My love man. It. Boo. Yeah. Oh, yeah. James, how about yourself, man? What have you been thinking? Um, I unfortunately... He's just sleeping on his pile of money there. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm taking these I ain't giving none of my dollars to charity. Yo, see, that's what, just what it. See, charity starts at home? <laughs> Ends at home in this case too. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Got an eighty-five inch TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to enjoy it. Yeah. Um, no, see, and that's the thing is that I know I need to get better at is uh, time management. Because I do donate, I donate to UNICEF every single month, and I have for the last like few years. Because I know that it's easier for me to donate money than it is for my time, mm. for sure. And honestly, I don't know how how people do find more time. And I like that if you're, you are coming out with an, with an app or some way to kind of streamline the system that if you kind of make it even a habit, and, and that's what I was telling like our kids, like we've, and again, it's one of those things that we've always talked about as a family, hey, we should go help out, you know, around Christmas at soup kitchens or whatever the case may be, but it's, I'm, and I'm putting on myself for sure, that I am ignorant to the sense of not even knowing how to go ahead about doing that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can call it Shalom Mission and stuff like that, but you know what I mean? There is this this ignorance on my part, which it is my fault, uh, of just not knowing where to, know. to do. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I, I can't say, and, it, and the thing is my schedule is, isn't set. I don't work a typical like nine to five job. So my days do run into the evenings sometimes. So that's why I'm saying I, I don't have time and I can't commit, that's my problem. Like even with my kids have sports or dance or something, my wife is so reliant she's the one who's doing it because I'm unwell and that asked because of my job so I know for me right now this time in my life it's, it's the only thing that I really can do is uh, is monetary you know literally by the time I get home and then I help my kids with homework you know I work out do my things and it's time for bed and then it's, you know, I'm gonna challenge you is that an excuse though like could you could, 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 could you and the kids and Melissa not come up with something like like um where you and the kids could go ahead and do something. It just comes down to knowledge, right? And ideas, yeah. right? So I don't want to sound like, like I'm, I'm pissing on you by saying it's an excuse and attacking you, but I'm just saying like, 
Maybe it's just because you've never thought about how easy it is sometimes to just donate an hour 100%, time, right? 100%. That's exactly Like, if you guys just went to, like, the dollar store and put together, like, Ziploc bags of, like, packaged peanuts, some, like, hand warmers and stuff, and been like, kids, Melissa, let's go down to, like, the homeless shelter and donate 40 of these things, right? Y'all got 10 each, and we're going to walk down and give out, give them 10. Like, that's something small. But you know what, though? Like, if you did that... And everyone else started doing that, and that became something that we just did, where we gave back to our community. We just like, I got an hour to spend this year, this or two hours to spend this year. What am I gonna do? Two hours? That's better than zero, right? It's just we don't think about how easy it is sometimes to do that. That's you know, you know. Sorry to interrupt, but I, I, an idea hit me. You know, if you could incorporate into your app some sort of like, uh, almost like they had like a, like when you're booking a flight, like a last minute deal, where you're mm. like, listen, I got an hour right now. And I want to give some time. Deb, yeah. Where can I go right now That's for cool. an hour or two hours? Where Where can I go right now to help? Yeah. Anything, any anywhere, anything. Mm. Show me where I can go, address, and and let me click a button to say I'm going to be there at this time. And let super me just go. Just make it brain forward. free, super easy, right? Yeah. Just, exactly. just, it just it's like you said to just, do that. So if you went to Dollarama right now, where case you buy a bunch of supplies that you feel would benefit, you know, socks, mitts, hand warmers, whatever kind of thing. So where are you going with that? So you gotta, you where am I going with it? Yeah. I'm going down to uh, Salvation Army on Higgins, Higgins and Maine. So yeah, yeah, all the time. I, yeah, it's I the think only it, one that I really that want to fix that is this. It's okay. Yeah, only one at a time, only one at a time. So, no, only one at a time. Yeah, just yeah. you keep one going at a time. So so James is asking, um, like, where, where, where do you go? So once you do that, it's like, cool, but like, then where do I go? It's a great question, right? So. Me, I never go to Siloam. I usually just go to like Lighthouse Mission or I'll go to Salvation Army because there's always people camping out there, like literally camping out there. So I'll go like knock on a tent. Where's Higgins in Maine? Where's the other one? Uh, Lighthouse Mission is literally right before that too. Oh, cool. So you got Lighthouse Mission and then a little bit more north, you have mm -hmm. Salvation, uh, Salvation Army. And Salvation Army is always packed with people. We just can't get in. Lighthouse Mission, there's a lineup of people there. Lineup. And if you just go behind Salvation Army, um, there's like a whole bunch of tents there. And just people out there sitting around tents, like it's 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 not that big, but there's a whole bunch of people like in lineup just waiting to get into Salvation Army. It costs like I think twelve bucks a day to get a mat in there. So yeah, so I, I have so much sympathy for them on days like this where it's like, man, you need twelve bucks to get in there. And that's where a lot of these guys are panhandling. So they're just like, All right, let's just cuddle up and try to stay warm overnight. I'm like, man, that's sad. And when you go there, it, it, it makes me feel good and makes me feel so yeah. shitty at the same time. They charge you twelve bucks to get in? 12 bucks to get in. That's, I, I learned that because one of the guys was like, um, I'm like, where are you staying tonight? Because it was so cold. And he goes, I'm staying at Salvation Army. I'm like, nice. I'm like, what do you need to go in there anyways? He's like, well, 12 bucks. I'm like, oh, I'm like, what does that get you? He's like, a mat, a shower, clean, clean clothes. I'm like, oh, I had no idea. I'm like, that's crazy. I have, uh, sorry, to interrupt. Go ahead. I was going to say, I realized that I have a soft spot in my heart for, it's not necessarily charity, but something that I've been considering for a long time. People who are neglected, just neglected people, whether it's visiting prisons or old folks homes like oh, people who man, haven't man. had a visitor in years like their family you know what i mean yeah. i just want to i i have a thing to like just reach out and connect with someone who hasn't felt that human connection and i don't think that's necessarily charity or maybe making a difference at large but that's one of those things where it's like one-on-one oh, -on -one, i would get so much out of that man that's that something that i've been toying with i don't i'm once roman in a few months anyways a little older that I want to run by my wife. It's just like, I want to make this part of my routine. That's just cool. Spend time with people who have nobody. Yeah. That's you know? so cool. Because I've had, I've had people in my life who, who do have people around them and yet they feel isolated and just seeing the toll that that takes on someone that 
feeling alone in their life. I'm like, just someone reaching out and bridging that gap can make a big difference. That, again, I don't know if that's charity, but that's one way that I would like to spend my time, so. Golden Doorman by, by St. Maurice, remember that? Any of them, I drive by them all the time. And yeah. I think even my uncle, like, I mean, he's starting to get dementia and that sort of, and it's just, it's so, and this is partly the realization that came the other week when I was complaining about being cut off, but I'm like, I, for a long time in my life, had this, you know, and it's totally a North American attitude where older family members are a burden, right? Mm -hmm. In other cultures, they're very celebrated for their yeah. wisdom, they're, they're respected, they're, they're like a crucial part of the family, where I grew up, it wasn't necessarily like that. So I drive by these old folks' homes all the time, and I think about like when mm -hmm. I visited my uncle, how many of these people haven't seen Damn. their kids, their grandkids? Just another outside face that has reached out, you know? So um, it's something that I would like to implement. To, to respond to that, um, there's like charity, it kind of sometimes has like a bad connotation to it. Um, yeah, I for, for where we started with this was community. Mm -hmm. And something you said there about the, the older generations being neglected and how sad and, and powerfully sad they can be. One of the inspirational events that happened for uh, myself and my business partner to do this community aspect of it. So we went to the Okinawan Islands. And it's where the longest living human beings are, especially the females. Japan. Yeah. So Okinawans are a chain of islands a thousand kilometers south of Japan. It's still part of their country. Okay. But it, it's it's quite far away. And it's it's fairly tropical and so they've done all sorts of studies there because they really do live a lot longer. And the females are like average eight to ten years longer than everywhere else on the planet. Mm -hmm. And they what, they identified five things, but the number one thing they identified was that um, the the grandma's responsibility was to teach the family recipes and cultures to their grandchildren. Mm -hmm. And so purpose, yeah, so it's, it's, it's belonging, purpose. Um, this sense of community, is <clears throat> what helps um, people live longer and happier. Mm -hmm. uh, so it, it's not just about charity and donating dollars, just spend some time with people, which we're severely lacking these days for that's, all sorts of reasons. That's funny you mention that actually, because I actually read now, or I heard someone say that in North America, the longest centenarians or the highest population centenarians are uh, uh, Dakota uh, Aboriginals. Okay. And they, and that kind of makes sense hmm. with, with you that there's a correlation there because they have a really strong. Uh, sense of elders like they're like mm. right. revered yeah, yeah yeah like they eat first you know before everybody else like they're the wisdom of like their tribes kind of things so it's really it's really uh it's unique that, yeah that it's, uh, well, it's what was that that piece that you and i was talking about it was the piece around loneliness <laughs> what was that so yeah the the opposite of what we're talking about here like long loneliness is as damaging on a cellular level as alcoholism sorry say that again Loneliness, yeah. they're, they're measuring it now in a, yeah. a scientific study way that loneliness can be as damaging on a cellular level as alcoholism. That's scary, man. Yeah. That's scary. How we like neglect elders in our society, just in Western society. And so exactly what, what, what he just mentioned with the Okinawans, what you just mentioned with the Dakota, and then I even think about like my own grandparents. And honestly, like it's, it's tough to talk about because I love my, my nonna, I love my grandma, who are the, my, my remaining uh, uh, grandparents, and I 100% don't see them enough. 
when Stephanie comes into town from New York, she always, always makes time to go see my nona and my grandma, always, without question. And I look at my sister, I'm like, damn, she's, she's such a good person. And I sit here, and I just don't make time for my nona. My nona is literally like right up on Pemina Highway. Like, I go to Shapes more consistently than I see my nona. It's brutal. Shame on you. Shame on me, man. But, but you know what, though? Seriously, like, shame on me. And so it's one of those things where it's like this conversation literally makes me think again and say, she could make your post record meal, man. She could, man. She could. She could. She could. It's one of those things where, you know, and it, she doesn't even ask for much time. It's like, even if I went in there for like half an hour, yeah. she'd be talking about it for a week. Yeah. You know what? That's like, that's my challenge. I'm going to set a 90 day goal. I'm going to go in there once a week after I've done my workout. Half an hour with Nona. Yeah. yeah. Half Holding an hour with Nona. Holding you to it. Please do, man. Please do. Yeah, man. I think yeah. it's a good idea. And it's, yeah, I think there's a, there's a lot of people out there like that and it's not just it's not just like I, and again I drive by even just things like prison sometimes where I'm like I'm sure there's a lot of people in there who just want to have a conversation you know yeah right. but I mean it's just it seems like kind of a creepy thing to how do you even approach that like I'm just here to talk to someone who was <laughs> just wait put your hands behind your back what do you mean Frisk them down. what do you got on you what do you got love <laughs> sense of belonging <laughs> Sounds fishy to me, Greg. Lock him up. Yeah, that's such a good point, though. Like, it's funny how the conversation to go from community to charity, and then even in your own damn backyard, man. Like, mm -hmm. like your own family. Like, it, isn't that weird, though? Like, I wonder why we're becoming so disconnected like that. Like, why are we becoming so self-interested, so focused on 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 ourselves, and less on just convenience. Convenience. It's convenient. So? It's convenient to not go see your nana. It's convenient to not go help yeah. dedicate time. It's purely because we live comfortable lives and no one wants to get off their ass to really do anything. So we're too comfortable. Partly. That's, that's I partially what I think it is. A less negative interpretation is that there's a lot of other opportunities out there that they didn't have and they needed family in, mm -hmm. in their generation more mm -hmm. than we need family today. Yeah. We even started a conversation, time. this is kind of slightly off topic, but just even how in other parts of the world there's more even community within like their sh neighbors. Because mm -hmm. it's true, there's yeah. no reason for within 10 houses to everybody have a lawnmower, for everybody to have a snowblower. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's totally redundant. You know what's weird? Yeah. And I notice this, all, it's, it's starting to be that way in my neighborhood now, that uh, the lots are bigger. It seems like the further away the houses are in proximity, the more tight-knit the community is. Oh, really? It's so bizarre. And I noticed that in my grandma's where they're like farmers, right? The next house was half a kilometer that way, but they knew them. They would go and yeah. borrow sugar all the time. They would go and talk. They would go over for coffee and tea and whatever. Yeah, who borrows sugar from their neighbors now? That used to be like a common thing. Right? Yeah. Just yeah. go over to the neighbors and get some sugar. In, uh, in, I gotta say we're pretty tight on our block. Oh, your, your block is, your your block is, is of, ridiculous. Uh, your neighborhood is different. <laughs> yeah. But uh, in uh, the neighborhood that I am now, same thing. Lots are bigger, but like neighbors will come over. My neighbor came over and let me know that my sump pump outlet was frozen. And he's like, I can help you come over, blah, blah, blah. We wave on the street as we pass each other. It might be a visitor. Someone's just driving through. But like, it's weird how that sense of community isn't necessarily linked to proximity. When I was, when I was like right next to my neighbor's houses before, you'd go out and just everyone has their blinkers on. You're annoyed because the guy's whatever half parked on like an inch of your driveway or something it's it's bizarre have you not read lost connections yet still haven't i have to i'm reading a, a couple other books right now but uh, it's on my list it's on my list what what's the chain like why is james's community tighter um good question you know, compared to is this unique to compared to mine like i lived in edmonton um and our neighborhood was really tight you know kids were always playing on the street 
we had this nice little park that we were always at. Uh, we'd always be out in our front yards rather than our backyards. Yeah. It was something that uh, we miss dearly. That's the same thing. Like, I was gonna say. I think you hit on. I think you hit on one thing. Kids. Yeah. Kids right. make friends with kids yeah. no matter what, right? So if the kids are friends, the parents will almost associate. And I noticed there's a lot in his neighborhood. Yeah. Might have been in yours in Edmonton too. There was. Yeah. You know, well, family's the same age. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah That's exactly it. And then so we you know, like I. I can't even remember the last time I spent time in our backyard. It's always the front yard because huh. that's where like the commonality is. Kids play in the street kind of thing, you know what I mean? And that's cool. We live on a bay which helps, so there's no through traffic. And we even had signs made like, you know, children playing, you know, when we put them in the middle of the street, not on like the side, so people have to like drive around them to go slow. Nice. But yeah, wow. there, honestly, cool. there have been times on my driveway, we probably had 25 people. Shut Adults. Up. That's yeah. awesome. Wow. On a, awesome. on a regular basis. That is unique. On a yeah, regular basis. Where is and it? Cool. Sage Creek. Oh, yeah. 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 That is so, cool. But it's yeah. just that one street on Sage Creek. Don't get it There's nowhere else in Sage Creek is doing this. Yeah. When we were moving back, we were considering going to Sage Creek, and my wife wasn't uh, super excited about that, and a buddy of ours says, why are we going to Sage Creek? It's like colonizing Mars. But but I got friends out there and it, they're all tight and yeah. it's much closer community. Yeah. I think I think the kids say makes a big difference. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Thank you for tuning into this week's episode of the Community of Big Hearts with Stu Starkey. If you know someone in your community who is a leader doing great things and driving change, a contributor who is on a passionate mission to help their community through a nonprofit or a foundation or a community member just doing their part to make their community a better place. Please send Stu an email and let him know, and maybe they can be featured on a future episode of the Community of Big Hearts. You can email Stu at stu at twosmallmen.com. Again, that's stu at twosmallmen.com. Thank you again for listening.